We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave Welcome, everybody. Steve Sons Fidelity coming at you with Father Brodsky, uh, the priestly fraternity of St. Peter, on a very important topic that I've been in the works of doing for three years. No joke. And something's always come up, or the person can't do it, or one falls off the face of the planet. We finally got it together. So, Father, welcome. I appreciate you coming on. And how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Doing well. So, on this beautiful feast of uh, St. Margaret Mary Alicoke. It is, it is. So anybody, we're recording on the 17th of October for St. Mary Margaret Alicoque. And the topic of this is Father Mateo and his promotion of the Sacred Heart, which she, and that, the Sacred Heart image, uh, is the one that uh, Garcia Moreno got printed out. We'll talk about that more later. But Father, so who is this guy? Who is Father Mateo, uh, what was his full name? Crowley, Father Mateo Crowley. Father Matteo Crowley. Father Matteo Crowley is probably one of the greatest missionary priests of modern times. He lived from 1875 and died in 1960, so very close to our own modern times. And he was a priest of the Congregation of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, the same congregation which uh, St. Uh, Damien of Malachi was a member of. As a matter of fact, his uh, Father Mateo's vocation was much inspired by uh, the heroic charity of Saint Damien of Malachi. Uh, he was born in Peru, and when he was nine years old, his family moved to Valparaiso, Chile. And it was there that uh, Father Mateo um, was introduced to the fathers of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary. He was enrolled in their school. Uh, he joined the order at 15 years old and made his solemn vows at the age of 17. At the age of 23, he was ordained a priest, and uh, his main apostolate was teaching. He taught in their university, and uh, but also took care of the some of the local parishes uh, in the town. <clears throat> um, his mission for the social reign of Christ the King began actually with his uh, project at the college to establish a law school. He wanted to establish a school which would prepare the next generation of statesmen, uh, businessmen, uh, and uh, successful people of the world, uh, and imbue them with the values of the Catholic faith and a love of the sacred heart of Jesus. Um, so this young priest in his mid-20s uh, takes this project on and builds the uh, law school himself and becomes one of the leading faculty on in, in this school. Uh, well, as divine providence would have it, uh, our Lord had different plans, you know, as far as bringing about the social reign of Christ the King. In the very year that uh, the law school was built and completed, uh, it was destroyed in an earthquake. 
on August the 16th, the day after the Feast of the Assumption, big things happened in the lives of the saints on the Feast of the if you keep track at home. So this is kind of Father Mateo's uh, big moment. Um, Father Mateo was not um, discouraged in the least. Uh, he immediately set to work in rebuilding the law school. Meanwhile, taking care of the uh, local Catholics who had been affected by this disastrous uh, event of the earthquake. Well, with all his work, all of his uh, pastoral and academic endeavors, he wore himself out completely. And by 1907, his health was a wreck. And he had to go on a sabbatical. His superiors ordered him to go to Europe to just get away from the hustle and bustle of pastoral experience uh, of uh, work and uh, try to recuperate his health. He went to Rome. And while there, this desire to bring about the social reign of the sacred heart of Jesus uh, continued to burn in his heart. And through uh, a cardinal who was the family friend, he got a private audience with Pope St. Pius X. And in that audience, Father Matteo, in a very general outlines, explained his desire to this great saint and pontiff, Pope Pius X, uh, his desire to bring about the social reign of Christ the King. And he asked for his blessing and permission. And uh, Pope St. Pius X uh, told him, he says, uh, not only do I give you permission, I command you, I command you to go to the whole world and preach this devotion to the Sacred Heart. Um, now, this is pretty remarkable because he still was in very poor health. But here he has the command from the Holy Father to preach not just in Chile, but through the whole world, the social reign of Christ, the King. After his time in Rome, he goes to Paré de Moniel, the, the, the chapel, where the revelations of the Sacred Heart took place with St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. And there he knelt and prayed the entire night. And he began his prayer by asking our Lord, if you wish me to preach your Sacred Heart to the world, you have to heal me. And he was healed immediately in that instant. And it was also in that, that night of prayer that the general outlines of this devotion to the Sacred Heart, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, took shape in that mystical experience that he had that night in the Chapel of the Revelations. And it should be noted that Father Matteo's outline or his kind of foundation uh, for the enthronement of the Sacred Heart is based upon one of the promises which says, I will bless all of those places that enthrone or, or honor my image. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as I said, this, this general outline became more specific uh, in that uh, time of prayer in the, uh, the chapel at Parle de Monial. And then after a 15-day pilgrimage to uh, the Holy Land, Father Mateo then began to preach. He first began back in his home country, Chile, then he returned to Europe and preached in France, Italy, Holland, Luxembourg, uh, all across Europe, and thus began his worldwide apostolate, which stretched from uh, 1907 until 1946. And it was very much nonstop, nonstop preaching, nonstop confessions, nonstop retreats 
um, all over the world. His travels took him to the United States. He spent four years preaching in the United States. Um, before that, he spent several years in the Far East, the Philippines, Japan, China, uh, India, preaching to the missionary priests there um, and spreading the devotion to the sacred heart. Um, finally, completely wore out in his travels and uh, he was uh, hospitalized uh, in 1946, and from there until his death in 1960, he never returned to preaching, but continued to write about the devotion to the Sacred Heart and spreading it in the home. Um, and so that's kind of a general outline of Father Mateo's uh, incredible life. Um, his biography, A Firebrand, is well uh, worth reading. I think Steve uh, uh, showcased that uh, a couple of podcasts ago. It's out of print, so if anybody wants to print this thing, hit hint. Yeah, yeah, all you uh, Catholic republishers get out there and republish that one. So, yeah, because he talks about how uh, he was growing up. I think his family, in case people think he grew up in a perfect Catholic family, I think his one side or most of his family was Anglican. And he jokes about going to England eventually and goes, I can't believe I'm in England <laughs> preaching. Catholic. Yeah, I can't believe I'm in England. I can't believe I'm preaching in English. Yeah, his father was an Anglican. Um, but he eventually converted. His mother was a very devout uh, Catholic. Um, but yeah, he, uh, it was, wasn't ideal. It, it didn't have a lot of crosses involved. And another cross was what you mentioned about 15 goes in. He was a boy among men when he came in there. And he's, you picture, and reading Firebrand is like this little scrawny little dude. And they're looking at him going, it's kind of like the, I pictured like the dream team of 92 looking at Christian Leitner. Going, what's this guy doing here? He, he wasn't in good shape, but he was busting through and then ended up being like the spiritual leader for these guys later on. He did. And, you know, his holiness um, already began to show in the novitiate. You know, um, later on, um, his classmates mentioned that while they sat with him in chapel after Holy Communion, they could feel the heat radiating off of him. Just the love in his heart for our Lord in the Eucharist. Um, he was also very gifted uh, in his studies. I mean, of course, I mean, right after ordination, he was teaching in the university. He was very successful. Um, so kind of a, a, a St. Thomas Aquinas, ridiculed by some, but at the same time, those who had eyes to see could really see uh, the, uh, the graces and gifts God had given to him for his mission to preach uh, his sacred heart to the world. And about that earthquake that Father mentioned, that image was on the wall that did not collapse. So he took that as a sign to start leading the, the charge of the Sacred Heart with Moreno's image. Um, and I don't have the final tally, but it was like 10,000 parishes that he went to. Yeah, it was, if you look at his itinerary for his preaching, it's superhuman. Mm -hmm. You actually can't do it, humanly speaking. Yeah. Like, exhausting enough to do you know four or five masses and preach at each one and the confessions and all that i mean that's that's a full day's work he kept going he would do eight or ten conferences a day all across a city he'd preach in the morning to the sisters here he'd preach on the afternoon and then in the evening he'd preach to five thousand faithful and then in the evenings he'd be taken to a sick call, you know, and then the next morning he'd do it all over again. And this for a man who doesn't, who didn't have very good health his entire life. And Delta wasn't flying him. Delta wasn't flying him at all. No, no. 
crossing the ocean by ship, you know, cross crisscrossing uh, the countryside by train, you know, uh, really uh, incredible. And also manifests his zeal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to have some zeal to do that. Um, you've talked about a book, and you mentioned it too when we first talked, of Jesus, King of Love. Yes. Yeah. You, I think you said it's on your bedside or something like that. Can you talk about the book? Uh, yeah, I actually have it right here. Uh, it's had a lot of use uh, over the years, a lot of highlights and different bookmarkers and things. Um, this book, Jesus, King of Love, is probably one of the best spiritual books for the laity because it's one of Father Matteo's retreats that he gave to the laity on the sacred heart of Jesus. Um, now, the devotion to the sacred heart, as Pius XII says in his encyclical on the sacred heart, Haritas Aqua, it's a summary of the Gospels. It's a summary of the two greatest commandments. Love God above all things and your neighbor for the sake of God. And in this little book, this little retreat that Father Matteo gave, he presents that in a very clear and understandable way. He shows a very practical yet profound path to holiness and combines the great treasures of Catholic spirituality of the great masters like St. Francis de Sales, St. Alphonsus, uh, St. Teresa of Avila, and also the Little Flower, but in a very presentable, very easy to understand way, uh, all focused on our Lord and his love for us. Because too often, we all, in some way, shape, or form, fall into a sort of spiritual trap where we end up being kind of like that guy in the gym who, as he's doing his, you know, arm exercises and stuff. He's just looking at himself in the mirror, you know, and then he switches arms and he looks at himself in the mirror, right? We constantly refer to ourselves. And oftentimes, especially if we're striving for holiness, it's very subtle. It'll often happen where someone will say, well, I can't believe I did this. Or I feel really bad that I did that, you know, my sins. Or, oh, if only I could do this or pray that or, or, or practice this virtue. All those things, where was our Lord in that? There was a lot of I and me and mine, and the Lord wasn't there. And so, of course, you're going to fail. Of course, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of hit a wall. You can go so far, no further in the spiritual life. You may even get discouraged. But we shouldn't be surprised at that because Jesus told us, without me, you can do nothing. And so Father Matteo turns that perspective, which, again, so often just is self-centered, even in our very good and, and holy practices of our faith, you know, prayers and devotions. He turns it and focuses it immediately on God. And the one line he goes to over and over again in Jesus' King of Love is a line from St. John's first letter, where he says, It is not that we have first loved God, but that God has first loved us. That changes everything. Because even before we could return and say to God, I love you. I'm sorry for my sins. I thank you for all the gifts. Before, even before, 
we can make any sort of return of love or gratitude or contrition for our sins, he loved us. As long as he's been God, he has loved us with to love. And then we might think, oh, all my sins that I've committed, I got to get over these first. Then, then, then oh, God can love me. It's like, oh, no, he thought you were worth dying for anyway. As a matter of fact, to save you from those very sins. So let him save you. And in so many words, Spalding Mateo really brings that out time and time again and sh- shows the way to holiness. And with our Lord, it's not, it's not that hard. That's really what he drives it over and over again is that without me, you can do nothing. It's not that we have first loved God, but that God has first loved us and has given us everything to become holy and to be and to enjoy very close friendship with him. Um, and then shows the great means that God has given to us to accomplish that, especially the Mass and the Eucharist. Um, so that's really the value of the book. Um, is it simplicity? Um, it's practical nature. And also by presenting the path to holiness, the little way of St. Therese, especially, is something attainable in all states of life, in all conditions. Anything about all states, there's, I was just thinking of that. Uh, he ended up getting kids in school to be basically like missionaries for him. For, well, not for him, but to preach the sacred heart to others. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the group dedicated to the St. Tarsicius. Yes. Yeah. So he had, yeah, he had them actually doing some correspondence. Uh, for him, writing to, to priests, uh, maybe even wrote to some bishops, mm-hmm. um, requesting uh, them to institute in their dioceses, in their parishes, um, the uh, the night adoration in the home, right? Which you which you spoke about in uh, an earlier earlier podcast, which again shows the very practical nature of Father Matteo and applying the mean holiness. Okay, you can't make it to church to do a holy hour. Do it in your home. You've enthroned the sacred heart there. So, yes, it's not the same as him present in the tabernacle, but he is present there in a special way. So make your hour of love and reparation with our Lord in your home. Make your home another Bethany, as he often would, would encourage his listeners uh, to do. Yeah, talk about no excuses. Well, that's the thing. You know, it, again, if we look at, I, I, I tell this to people often, if we consider all the things that God gives us to get to heaven, it's really actually pretty easy. And people kind of look at me like, Father, what are you saying? Well, let's just consider. He gives us his own body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. One time to receive that is enough to make you a saint. Mm -hmm. right? And remove all the obstacles. We just got to take advantage of it. Ask him with your whole heart. Remove the obstacles that are in the way uh, of your love and your grace. Um, all the sacraments, by extension, the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass as well, connected with the Eucharist. Um, his own mother, he gives us as our own. We have our own personal bodyguard who's an angel, you know, um, and it's an angel. It's not a chubby baby with wings, but like an angel, yeah. you know, who has a power, more, an incredibly powerful intellect and will to inspire us to do the things we need to do. 
to help us along, to encourage us. We have our own personal like assistant, our own personal coach who's an expert. That most of us ignore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or we just think, ah, oh, yeah, chubby baby with wings, go away. You know, I can <laughs> give no, me the Bosco man. dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a great example. Um, or all of the saints in heaven. Mm-hmm. Again, the saints are alive. The saints, because they're living members of the mystical body of Christ, the church triumphant. But as long as we're in the state of grace, we share the same life. So we can talk to them just like you and I are talking right now. And what's even more is that far from them being distant from us or like, uh, indifferent to our well-being, their interests in our well-being, especially our, our eternal well-being, increased exponentially when they arrived in heaven because now they clearly see face to face what they were striving for while they were on earth and what we are striving for now and they want everyone to have their charity for us their love for us increased exponentially when they entered into heaven do you think they're not going to try and help us to 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 get to heaven and the saints will make friends with us in certain times in our in our life uh, to to help us along. We should be real attentive to that. If a certain saint is coming up in our life over and over again, maybe make friends with Father Mateo. He's not canonized yet, but hopefully soon, you know. And perhaps we can get a miracle uh, to to get his cause uh, pushed along. Um, Dude and, had a few of his while he was alive, right? Especially yeah. with conversions. Yeah, that's true. It's true. We'll get to that in a, in a minute. Uh, but, uh, you know, just all these things. It's a great generosity, guys. So if the soul goes to hell, the, the tragedy is really that we didn't take advantage of all the gifts that God gave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what, it's a lot easier than we make it out to be. I guess one of the fruits that, one of the things that I saw in King of Love was the uh, Catholic Action League that thousands of men would get together to do all-night adoration. And we're talking about, like, the who's who of Italy at the time, like Pierre Giorgio Frassati and... Giuseppe, uh, I forget his last name, the, the dentist. Yeah. There was blessed and saints that were doing this every third. It was like every Thursday night or something like that. Yeah, Thursday into Friday or first Friday into first Saturday. A lot of parishes would do that. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, and the thing is, it's simple. Anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. Whether it's going to the church for adoration, the night adoration in the home. Um, and uh, that, again, is the real value. Uh, that he shows us how to be holy, how to to love God above all things and our neighbor for the sake of God in our modern times. So, yeah, nice, nice, simple. Just go upstairs or turn, go to your desk, and there's the image about it being what else you need. Um, And the prayers are right there, it's an easy booklet. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So, uh, but you mentioned the the conversions, um. In his apostolic uh, uh, ventures, endeavors, um, you really see in the life of Father Mateo in a general, the promises of the sacred heart play out. I mean, we all, most of us are familiar with the, the 12th promise of the sacred heart, that uh, final perseverance, the, the grace of the sacraments at our death, if on nine consecutive first Fridays of the month, we receive 
Holy Communion and Reparation of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's the one we're most familiar with. It's a beautiful devotion. I encourage everyone listening to to make that effort to do those nine First Fridays uh, because our Lord will not be outdone in generosity. And it's our Lord promising that. Who can neither deceive nor be deceived. So, So really do make that effort. I know it is an effort. But it's one that uh, at that most important moment of your life, you will not regret doing it. Uh, but uh, there are 11 other promises that we really don't pay much attention to that are equally uh, helpful for our salvation, equally consoling, um, that are worth our, our um, uh, consideration. So I've got them here. It just says, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. I will establish peace in their homes. I will comfort them in all their afflictions. I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. I will bestow abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Sinners will find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. Lukewarm souls shall become fervent. Fervent souls will mount to quickly to high perfection. I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. That's the basis of the enthronement of the sacred heart. I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. Those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. And our Lord adds, never to be effaced. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. For all those who just strive to honor this heart, which is so loved men. And it's our Lord promising. Who can neither deceive nor be deceived. And in Father Mateo's life, you see these promises play out. So just though I'll give priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. It didn't happen just once to him, but countless times. Where someone who was hardened against God came in contact with him, maybe even just indirectly, and was converted. In Jesus, King of Love, he talks about, in his, talking about the power of the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass, and seeing through the eyes of faith, Calvary, as we attend each and every Mass, or offered in the case of the priest. He said there was a man who came into the churches in Paris, I believe, and came to the Mass just to ridicule, mm-hmm. ridicule and blaspheme. And he walked in about the time Father Mateo started Mass and began his little, you know, unholy uh, escapade of, uh, you know, um, blaspheming and mocking everyone in attendance and doing so rather loudly. It got to the consecration and he stopped. And he was still and awestruck until the end of Mass. When Father Matteo walked into the sacristy, the first person to meet him in the sacristy was this gentleman. And he was still very much awestruck. And uh, Father Matteo asked him if he was okay, if he needed anything. And the man, still rather shaken, says, you know, what were you doing up there? What were you doing up there at the altar? And uh, Father Mateo says, I was offering the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And he asked the man, what did you see? 
said, well, I saw you come out of this room and you walked up there to the altar and walked back and forth. But then I saw you bend over and say and whisper a few words. And then you disappeared. And I saw Jesus crucified. And then you walked back and forth a little more. And after a while, he was gone. He says, that's the holy sacrifice of the mass. He gave him a little catechism lesson about it. The man was converted, changed his life. Um, there was another instance where Father Matteo was finished one of his um, conferences and had to catch a boat or a car or both uh, to get to his next uh, engagement. And as he's coming out of the church, a man pulls up in a car and says, Father, will you come? There's a man who's dying. Will you go and see him? And of course, the people in his entourage say, well, Father, you got to get to the boat. You have to get to the boat. He says, I have to go to the soul. And he goes with the man in the car to this old gentleman who's lying on his deathbed. Father Mateo walks into the room and the man begins to curse him out. Get out of here. I don't want the, you know, you know, did not want the sacraments. Father Mateo was not uh, discouraged in the least. He, the man's wife and children were devout Catholics and had enthroned uh, the sacred heart in their home. Father Mateo calmly walked out of the, the sick man's room and turned to the man's wife and children who were distraught at seeing such impenitence. Uh, in the heart of their husband, in the heart of their father. And he turns to this family and he says, do you believe in the promises of the sacred heart? And he turns to the image that was enthroned. And they said, yes. And he said, pray and trust in the sacred heart. And so he left them in prayer before the image of the sacred heart. He goes back in to this man. And again, the man screams, Get out. I don't want a priest. Get out. Get out. Get out. Father Mateo calmly walks up to the man's bed, kneels down, and he says, would you just pray with me? No, I will not pray. He says, just say, Jesus, I love you because you love me. Jesus, I love you because you love me. And Father Mateo just continually repeated this over and over again, calmly. And the man calmed down. He stopped screaming. He stopped his cursing. And then he began to weep. And then he began to repeat the words after Father Mateo, Jesus, I love you because you love me. That's a perfect act of contrition. <laughs> Made his confession. And the next morning, he offered mass in the man's room. He made his first, and he, made, he received Holy Communion. There was another similar instance where Father Mateo was called. The man had been away from the church for many, many years and was converted in a very similar way by Father Mateo's prayers, his intercession. And as the family renewed their consecration to the Sacred Heart, they all received Holy Communion. A servant, the man was very wealthy, a servant came out 
of the, the corner of the room and she was weeping. And she said, in this most happy occasion, may I have your permission to embrace you? She gave him a hug. And she said, I have a secret to tell you. Now this woman is very old. And she told her employer, for the last 25 years, I have offered my night adoration and first Friday communions for this intention. That before I die, I could see this whole family beneath the reign of the sacred heart. She was just a servant. She wasn't anybody, anybody important, but she had faith in the promises of the sacred heart. Um, just incredible uh, graces that flow. And God will use those who are devoted to the sacred heart, just like that woman, just like Father Mateo, in bringing the most hardened sinners to our Lord. And what you said was, uh, <clears throat> what I used in that one podcast, we talked about the conversions, and he asked uh, Mateo, Father Mateo saying, why aren't why are you seek why don't why do you not think of miracle happening or conversions happening here? It's because you're not you haven't worked hard enough for it. You haven't paid the pen the price. You haven't paid, paid the price. Yeah, you know it's not uh, someone has to pay the price. You know, there's a there's a there's there's a sacrifice involved. Mm-hmm. You know, Saint Paul says in Colossians, you know, I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ in his body, which is the church, right? So each one of us as members of, of Christ by our baptism, the mystical body of Christ, will cooperate with him in big or small ways in the salvation of souls. That's why Our Lady of Fatima says, you know, to do prayer and penance for the salvation of souls. And so just like that, that, that woman praying those 25 years perseveringly, year after year, year after year, paid the price. And she also probably offered up all of her her sufferings, both interior and exterior, for that one intention, and it was rewarded. It was a girl that heard Father Mateo's sermons and did the night adoration at her house at one in the morning, and her mm-hmm. mom and dad, who fall away Catholics, saw her dad saw the light the candle on and went to knock on the door, thinking she was sick or something. She didn't answer. She was in mid prayer. The next day, he asked, "What are you doing up there?" And she told him, "I'm I'm up there every morning at one eight, one in the morning to pray for you and mom to come back into the church." And it's just struck him hard enough that he they both re-entered the church. Yeah, no. it's great faith. You know, the great faith and the and the and the love that they're willing to sacrifice. You know sacrifice of themselves for another you know and that's what our lord said love one another as i've loved you a greater love than this no man has and a man lay down his life for his friends he says that'll be the sign of the christian they will know you my they will know you are my disciples by their love for one another you know we say with the sign of the cross right that's that's the mark of every catholic no matter how fallen away a catholic might be they always remember the sign of the cross well that's also a sign of the type of love that our lord's talking about will be a sign of the christian that self-sacrificing love that gets nothing back in return. You might not see the results. It's like our Lord on the cross didn't see very many results, uh, you know, at least you know, humanly speaking. Uh, 
but uh, so, so too, you know, we, you know, should give uh, of ourselves uh, to uh, to cooperate with Christ for the redemption of the world. And even though we may not see in this life the uh, uh, the fruits, you know, trusting though that they will not be will not go to waste, uh, and will be richly rewarded in heaven. Yeah, I was mentioning he had thousands, millions doing these adorations at home or at, at the churches, etc. He said the United States, well, Chicago was the city of the sacred heart. Yeah. How far it's come, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but really, that would be that would be the way to, to turn it around. Is to kindle that, that uh, the sacred heart. Because he hasn't forgotten about that city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure, not in no city, but especially any city that's honored him in a special way. He he was made. He, they tried making him a bishop, I think, at one point, and was it Pius the Eleventh who loved him, loved his work. Uh, said something about no, we can't uh, put a leash on a missionary or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. So he certainly had his, his special calling from God. So I mentioned the, the photos. So Garcia Moreno penned that while he was in France. And if you get the image of that, you see the rays coming from his sacred heart onto Ecuador. And he consecrated Ecuador to his sacred heart. Uh, Pius IX and him were BFS, basically. He would write him saying, hey, how do you run it? How, do I, should, how should I do this? How should I do this? Leo XIII called him the, the epitome of a Catholic uh, government. Matteo found after he was killed by Masons before he got to his third uh, presidency. Matteo found the image in an attic underneath, like boxes or something like that, because the the Masons were trying to destroy the image. He led in procession all the time to consecrate the Sacred Heart. You see, you can still see the document, the cross, etc., in Quito. Matteo finds it, so they hid it. They hid it for years. Matteo finds it, goes, "What is this?" The priest basically tells him what the, the whole background of the story is. He goes, he was in awe. And maybe the connection with Peru, because <laughs> it's close enough. Going, this is amazing. That was his banner to use it. And again, that was on the uh, uh, the wall that did not collapse during that earthquake. And he used that as a sign. And that's in my copy of this one. That's the image on this. That's how I found it. Go, what that is, I've never seen this image before. And it's not the best painting in the world. He, uh, Moreno had it done. He didn't do it, but he had the guy in France do it rather quickly. He learned about the Sacred Heart apparitions and the problems with the French Revolution coming from the non-consecration of France, which spurred his idea to get that image to consecrate Ecuador before something like that happened there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Father Mateo in 1919 was asked by the King of Spain to consecrate the to Spain to the Sacred Heart that big famous uh, statue that the Masons are shooting at just a few years later was that statue where they had that ceremony uh, uh, consecrating the Sacred uh, Spain to the Sacred Heart. Yeah, here's a. I'll try to put it up on the screen. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. Yeah, this that's the original one before they started shooting it. It's very right. cool details. Yeah, just the. The fruits that came from his pre uh, preaching were just fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, towards the end of his life, um, the Pope sent him to the Far East to preach to missionary priests. Um, and before that, he did preach to the priests and the religious, but the Pope gave him 
kind of a, a special uh, commission, shall we say, to go to those those missionary souls in uh, in the Far East to rekindle their love, to encourage them uh, in their difficulties, and uh, to help them to continue to persevere in a very difficult uh, vocation. Um, and one of the things he stretched, stressed over and over again, much like what he stressed to the laity, is that holiness is within a priest's reach. He, he, there's an exchange in his book on the priesthood and his conferences he gave to priests that he had. Uh, he, he recounts this exchange he had after one of his retreats. This priest comes to him and says, you know, Father, I've been at this parish for so long and you know, there's no fruit. The faithful you know, are, are, are lukewarm and everything I try is just, it's not working. And, you know, it just, it's, I, 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 I'm very discouraged. Do you have any advice? And Father Mateo, just to kind of uh, drive the point home, he says, you've tried everything? And this young parish priest says, yes, Father, I, I've tried everything. And he names all these different programs and different, you know, things he's tried. And, and again, Father Mateo says, everything? And the priest kind of at a loss says, well, yes, Father, I've tried, I've tried everything. And then Father Mateo asked him, have you tried becoming a saint? <laughs> and the priest said, well, no. He said, try that. And so then another exchange that he recounts with a priest, he was saying how difficult it is to become a saint. Well, I can't become a saint. No, I uh, that's for, you know, people like John Vianney, you know, I can't eat just potatoes. You know, I can't, you know, stay up all night and pray. And Father Matteo just turns to him with great faith. It should reveals Father Matteo's faith in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. He just says, you offer the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, don't you? Yes. Well, then you have everything you need. Prepare for your Mass well. Offer your Mass well and make a good Thanksgiving afterwards, and you'll become a saint. What great faith, but how simple. Huh. And uh, I remember reading that on a retreat, and it really changed my life. You know, I was like, wow, this is, this is it. That is the one thing necessary, and everything else will flow from your Mass. Because that's one of the things he revisited in his conferences to priests, is to live your Mass, become a living Mass, mm -hmm. a living sacrifice. But the fuel, the fire, which consumes that, that offering comes from the mass, the love of the sacred heart being poured into the priest and the priest pouring that out in all of his apostolic duties. Um, and again, another uh, uh, encounter that Father Matteo had with the priest that he tells in his uh, book on the priesthood, which is a reprint of Speaks to Priests. This is one of the prints. Um, he tells the story of a of a seminarian who, during World War One or World War Two, was drafted into military service, and while serving his country, he was severely wounded and crippled by his injuries. And he returned to his seminary superiors, begging to be readmitted to the seminary. But his superiors repeatedly said, no, how can you be a priest? You can't preach. You can't, you couldn't work in a parish. What could you do? What could you do? And finally, he went to Rome and got an audience with the Pope. And the Pope, looking at this wounded and crippled man, 
you know, admiring his great desire and zeal, had his doubts. He says, well, well what could you do? I mean, you can barely walk. You know, you, you, you're severely uh, crippled. How could you be a priest? He says, I will offer mass and suffer. That's the priesthood. Reuniting one's sufferings and one's prayers with the sufferings of Christ on the cross made present on the altar. And for the ladies, told everyone, basically, go to Mass every day, Eucharist, number one. Yeah. As uh, much, many times as you can, he basically, it was basically his message. For ladies. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it goes back to, to uh, if we really consider what holiness is, that it's Christ living more and more in us. So they no longer see Steve or Father Brodsky. They see more Christ. They hear Christ. They see the works of Christ. And we say that the saints performing the different miracles, right? Well, how do we be conformed to Christ? How does that happen? We can't do it by our own bootstrap. We can't pull ourselves up to that with our, by our own bootstraps. It has to be given to us by God. It has to be given to us by Christ. And that's primarily through the Eucharist and through the Mass. By coming in contact with him, um, and all we have to do is make the effort to go. And if we're if it's not possible, not you know physically possible to get to mass, you know send your guardian angel to mass, make those spiritual acts of holy communion. And it reminds me of a, a devotion that Father Matteo made popular for priests and for laity, but especially for priests is the Mass of Saint John. Mm-hmm. Now this is little pamphlets that he printed. It consists of just the essential parts of the mass, the essential prayers. It's the the prayer offering the host, the prayer offering the chalice, the con, the words of consecration of the host, the words of consecration of the chalice, and then the three prayers the priest recites before Holy Communion and a spiritual act of Holy Communion. That's the Mass of St. John. Mm-hmm. This is a devotion that he would do as kind of a prolonged um, uh, or longer version of a spiritual act of communion. He would do this as he was traveling. You know, he was crossing the ocean. If the seas were too rough, he couldn't offer mass. So he'd offer many masses of St. John uh, throughout uh, the day. Uh, and he said that's a way the priests and also the faithful as well can keep their mass of the morning, their holy communion of the morning alive throughout the day and thereby you know, keep those graces alive and prepare our hearts for the next mass, the next holy communion, and also thank God for the one we've just received. That's actually the start of the night adoration as well. That exactly was it? There. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking. I pulled open up the firebrand for a sec because I kept thinking about how uh, sick he was, and you mentioned at the, the beginning when he went to went to Rome. I think they the, he walked up to some church. I remember reading, and he fell on the steps, and the nuns basically thought he was going to die on the steps. They brought him into the chapel, but towards the end, I guess I think he was in the United States. Uh, his voice was so bad that the sacristan didn't think he was going to be able to lead the retreat. They said they, uh, uh, some of the young clergy thought he was putting on an act. He starts saying a rosary, and he, used, he did it in Latin, and uh, followed by an aspiration and honor to the Sacred Heart, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, St. John Vianney. And it goes, then he sat down and began, and color came back. His art started getting more animated. His voice was fiery. Uh, it just turned it on like a light switch. Well, that's, again, the Holy Spirit working through him. Yeah. Like I said, what he did is physically impossible, right? But God's strength is made manifest 
weakness. And that's a great example of it right there. Physically speaking, Father Matteo by himself could not have done that. But opening himself to the workings of the Holy Spirit through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you see the fruits right there. I think it wasn't Pius XI was joking with him. He had gout. And he comes to an audience and goes, you know, you ain't working hard enough. We need to find something for you to do. Yeah. 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 Father Matteo could have taken to himself uh, the words of St. Leopoldo, another yeah. great uh, Franciscan saint of our modern times. Uh, he said, I want to die in the harness. I want to die in the harness. You know, I want to die working. And he did. St. Leopoldo died. Uh, the day before he died, he spent the whole day hearing the confessions of priests on his sickbed. The next day he died. So... Final thoughts so we don't keep you up all night doing this. Because I think we can uh, talk about this for a few hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, final thoughts. Um, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. I urge everyone who hasn't done it to get a copy of Father Mateo's book, Jesus, King of Love, which really synthesizes what this devotion is. Pray about it, and I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to make the enthronement of the sacred heart. Um, just personally speaking, that devotion, which my family did when I was uh, five years old, was a key part of my own vocation to the priesthood uh, and continues to be uh, a great source of strength and comfort uh, in my priesthood. Um you know, and take to heart as, as a motivation these different promises that are so necessary for our times. I will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life, whether it's a priest or religious, whether it's a husband, father, wife, mother, children. It'll give you all the graces necessary for your state in life. Uh, I will establish peace in their homes. How many families are torn apart? especially with all the different things going on in the world, it's tearing families apart. All the attacks on marriage and family life are tearing families apart. Here, if we bring the sacred heart into our home by enthroning him as the king and special friend and advocate of the family, he'll bring peace. He'll bring reconciliation to those at odds. I will come for them in all of their afflictions. How many of us are going through different afflictions different trials, uncertainties, worries, anxieties, family members, job, you know, the state of the world, state of the church. How many sleepless nights has this caused people? Well, our Lord will bring them uh, comfort in all their afflictions if you honor him by enthroning him in your, in, in your homes. Now, I will be their sure refuge in life and in death. A refuge. We can think of the words of the preface of the Sacred Heart that the that the the heart of Christ was open to be a refuge for sinners. That we can find in that wound, in that open heart, a place of refuge, a place of mercy, a place where our sins will be forgiven and our souls refreshed. You know, lukewarm souls will become fervent. There's a beautiful uh, line of Saint Alphonsus. He's talking about what's uh, St. Teresa of Avila says, to become a saint, you must will it. You have the desire. 
right? Not just the wish, but the desire that I'll put things in place to pursue that goal. And St. Alphonsus, ever the practical missionary priest, he says, and if you don't have the desire, pray for the desire. Right? Well, here the devotion of the Sacred Heart promises that. If you strive to honor me, honor my heart by enthroning it in your homes, I will, if you're lukewarm, I will help you to become fervent. If you're fervent, you will quickly advance on the way of perfection. And I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. Why would you not want these blessings? All it takes is to show our Lord hospitality, honor, and love in the home. As Father Matteo describes it, it's making your home another Bethany. Oh, Bethany. Well, when our Lord was rejected by the Pharisees, by the, 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 the leaders of the Jewish society, the important people, where did he go? To Bethany with Mary Magdalene, Martha, and Lazarus, his friends. Towards the end of the gospel, especially St. John's gospel, he spends a lot of time there. Right? He finds comfort and solace amongst his friends. That's what we're trying to offer to our Lord, right? to find, give him a place of comfort, give him a place where he is welcomed and loved and honored when he's so dishonored in this world. And again, our Lord's not outdone in generosity, he will bless those who will go the extra mile to show him just one act of love, an act of hospitality and honor. Um, and so we have nothing to lose. And it's just another example of the super abundant, infinite generosity that God has towards us. And it shows his great desire for each and every one of us, not just to get to heaven, but to be great saints and have a very close and intimate union with him. Uh, and not only for ourselves, but for our families, for our friends, and for society, because the family uh, is the, 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 the cradle of society, as Leo XIII says. Um, and so by honoring the Sacred Heart and bringing him into the home, bringing it into our families, we'll bring him to the world, right? one person at a time. And that's what will transform uh, the church, that will transform the culture. So. If we're serious about you know, transforming the church and reforming it and, and saving our culture uh, from uh, falling into complete and utter chaos and paganism, this is it. The devotion to the sacred heart. Simple, right? Well, it is simple. It's just a matter of persevering and doing it. Just doing it. Just do, Nike, just do it. Well, and, and with the grace of God, he's there all the way to help you. you know? And so just taking him up on his offer and asking him for help all along the way. The Alfonso's line you mentioned, I, I remember reading that too, and I uh, would tell people, yeah, if you're praying for a Maserati, it might not happen, but if you pray for zeal for souls, uh, be careful. <laughs> well, yeah, if you, but yeah, because he wants to grant that to you. Yeah. You know, and so it's, a, it's actually a real consolation. Well, I don't really want to be a saint. We'll pray for the desire to be a saint. You know, little by little, it'll be given to you. Amen so, to that. With us. Father, can we get your uh, blessing before we go for everybody? Absolutely. Parenta Cessionum Sancte Maria, Matris Dominus Jesu Christi, et Sancti Joseph, et Sancte Margarite Marie, et Omnium Sanctorum, Benedictio de Omnipotenti, Fili et Spiritu Sancti, Shendat, Superbos, et Mani Semper. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Padre. Thank you, Steve. Take care. God bless you in your ministry.